Hi, I'm Chantelle. And I'm Matthew. And we're founders of Fifth Place, where our mission is to make the world a better place by enabling the how. Welcome, Welcome to, to our Emotions Matter, Matter Really podcast. podcast. In this podcast, we explore everything about emotions, feelings, and what it is to become and remain emotionally fit. We interrogate the taboo around expressing and talking about emotions and feelings. We talk about all those things we want less of, like stress, anxiety, and burnout, and the things we want more of, like sleep, calm, and self-care. We explore tools, tips and techniques for managing your emotions. We examine what it means to be emotionally fit and why this equals a better quality of life. Hello, hello and welcome. Here's another great example to have a good conversation about all things emotions. So today, Chantel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Matthew. I'm so glad the sun is shining, the sky is blue, the birds are out, it's not so cold, and that's great. Well, I thought you were going to say something else there after blue and stuff, you know, you, but uh, I guess that's another song, a different kind of song. And yes, invariably, we do talk about the weather. I think although we're not that far into our winter here, we already had enough. Enough of what? Winter. Enough of winter, enough of the cold. I think when you have so much warm weather, you don't really acclimatize to the cold. And I think we've had our one or two weeks of winter. Certainly feels like it for me. Yes. The weather. You always used to joke with me about the weather. Have you spoken about the weather, Chantal, when we have those uh, um, online sessions? Uh, have we spoken about that which we should not be speaking about, the weather? But, you know, it was always fun speaking about the weather to a global audience because we are here in the Southern Hemisphere. And most of our audience were from the Northern Hemisphere. So it was quite nice to kind of, I don't know, get the relation. So, so, so that we could relate to where we were in the world was quite fun. Well, that and the time zones, which was also another challenge because... I think we're one of a few people who endeavor to bring this work from this part of the world to a broader audience. Mm, yes. We're here talking about conversations and about what makes up good conversations. And typically, mm, talking about the weather doesn't really constitute meaningful conversations. Um, but, you know, well, that's it can what we be end a, up doing. It can be a good <clears throat> conversation starter. But, you know, I think... Let's jump in. We are hoping to do more conversations, whether it's just between you and I, mm -hmm. as well as we've got quite a few interesting people who have put their hands up and said yes to our invitations to be on our podcasts or podcast episodes. So we're looking forward to sharing their perspectives and encouraging you to get involved as well. Yes. And the day that this podcast goes live is actually the inaugural New Conversations Day, which was started by a company called Awkward Silence. And guess where this company comes from? Australia. Did you see what I did there? No. I tried know. to encourage an awkward silence. 
I don't know if it worked though. I don't think it did at all. Anyway, back to <clears throat> Awkward Silence. Started in 2015 by a person by the name of Stephen Benbar. He's uh, someone who's written for Huffington Post and other publications. And uh, he his drive in setting up this company was to make it easier to have better conversations by sending conversation starters to their subscribers. So you can subscribe to the company and they send you um, weekly conversation starters. He says in the website, he says, we are passionate about bringing back the art of conversation. Let's talk about things that will inspire us. Let's talk about the things that are worthwhile of our time. Let's discuss ideas and give them legs. Let's talk about how to make the world a more interesting place. Let's talk and build bonds. Let's talk and get to know each other. Conversation is our most important asset, says he. It's what keeps connection alive. It's where ideas bloom. It's the lifeblood of relationships. It's an interesting focus for a company. I wonder how it's doing. You know, we believe connection is very important because out of connection, connection to self first, then connection to other, you can build community. And community is very important, especially at this particular time when there are so many opportunities to be divided and polarized and to pick a side on the back of what we've just been through. Again, something that won't be named if we can avoid it. <laughs> yes, indeed. There are some things that we don't want to enter into the conversation because it takes that conversation into conflict. We don't want that. We want meaningful conversations. And you know, small talk is not something that we really do well. We don't really enjoy small talk, going to big groups, group sort of occasions or events and talking about the surface stuff. No, I mean, I think there's a place for surface stuff, certainly as we did at the beginning, you know, you have to start somewhere and surface stuff is pretty neutral. And from there you can kind of build a little bit of rapport and slowly get into more deep and meaningful stuff. But again, I think it depends a lot on the people you're having the conversation with. In mm -hmm. other words, are you prepared to go there? As well as what your sort of interests are. I know that I much prefer having conversations around things like making the world a better place. What am I doing in my little patch of the world to make the world a better place? Rather than having conversations about things that I've got no control over, like the weather. But seriously, also things like politics. You know, invariably politics seems to come into conversations and actually, can we do anything about it? Can I do anything about it? No. Can I do anything about conflicts that are happening in other parts of the world? No. no. So really it is about, well, where do I have the control? Where do I have the power? Where do I have the agency? And as we say often, right here with me. Mm. And from that perspective, I prefer to talk about things that I do have some control over. You know, conversations and connecting with people is something that you do very well. You really do connect with people much easier than I do. Um, you make friends easier. Tell yeah. us how you do that. You think I do? Yes, I think you do. Well, I think it just comes from an interest in others. Um, I mean, you could argue perhaps that 
I'm interested in many things and sometimes to my detriment I get very distracted that A, D, D thing, H, whatever that what? thing. I just what? got distracted by my own words. A, D, H, D yes. thing. I got distracted by my own thoughts. And what I was saying is that I have an interest in just hearing people's stories, hearing where they're from, endeavoring to connect and hear a little bit more about their journey and maybe even more fundamentally just to see the person, to witness the person where they are, whether it's walking down the road or in a restaurant or something else. What conversations or what topics of conversation inspire you the most? I believe that I touched on it earlier or mentioned it briefly earlier. I love to talk about, you know, deep and meaningful things. Such uh, as? I just, I think if I reflect on my life and the things that have interested me the most on a more mundane level, I love rugby and I love the mm. South African rugby team mm -hmm. and what they do and how what they do inspires a nation because it literally does. Mm -hmm. I've been in, in a taxi and in an Uber And I had people say things to me like, I know nothing about rugby. I just like supporting the team because of the spirit that it engenders in our communities. And I think because of my lifelong interest in what makes us tick as human beings, I'm interested in conversations around that. You know, I appear not to have been born to build factories or aeroplanes, electric cars, go to the moon or Mars or things along those lines. I'm not a captain of any kind of conventional industry, but I do know a heck of a lot about what it takes and how we are put together to be a functioning human being and to live a life of meaning and purpose. Mm. And so the kinds of things that inspire me or that I like to talk about are... Well, you know what, Chantel, forgive me. So we're going to do this bit again. Oh, why? Because, and how about you, Chantel? Yes, because you see, conversation is about communication. And communication is we have a message, the message is received, it is understood, and then feedback is given. So you need to give me some feedback on what I just said, because what did you think about what I'm inspired to have conversations about? Because I'm interested in hearing what you're inspired about too. Hmm. You know, it's quite interesting, and I think we've said interesting quite often, maybe need to find another word. But I do like the word. Having deep and meaningful conversations does require a person to have that connection and the vulnerability to open up to go deeper. And often when you don't know a person very well, you can't really go that deep initially. You do need to cover the basics, see what their interests are and whether there is a connection or a commonality around some of the things that you enjoy and then to spark a conversation through an interesting question uh, but not one that could involve potential conflict like we know mm, anything around that big c big v mm? Mm -hmm. we don't want to talk about that no. we don't want to talk about politics Typically, although people do love to talk about politics. Indeed. So where were we? Talking about what inspires us and what we like to talk about. Well, I'm interested to know what kind of conversations you like to have and what's inspiring for you. Typically, I like to talk about things that I've experienced. I like experiences. And so I like to talk about things that I've experienced recently and 
often it's about movies that I've watched because we really enjoy watching movies and good movies. We have a thing called the Oscar Challenge, um, which we engage in uh, every year, look, watching movies that have been nominated for Oscars, which is quite different. But even movies or series that aren't nominated and aren't going to win any great awards, but have good stories. I think stories are so impactful and can be so inspiring that to watch a movie or to watch a series or to read a book that is particularly inspiring um, is great. And even if the other person hasn't watched it, to maybe talk about the themes from that particular movie or stuff that um, landed and was was interesting from a from a lesson perspective a human a human lesson perspective is always nice to you, do you mean like when you asked me what my favorite movie was and when i told you you packed up laughing yes i did i did do you oh. know what his favorite movie is don't laugh must i tell you tell everyone what your favorite movie is robocop mm. the first one mm. Yes, you see, I wasn't the only one to fall, fall around laughing. So maybe you need to just explain why. Well, I've enjoyed the themes. I enjoyed the themes of redemption, of finding oneself. And I guess perhaps it's not a typical movie. So beyond the half man, half robot and the satire of, of the age, which is in essence aspects of what the director was wanting to show. I really found it a very interesting journey, a journey of self-discovery and a journey of finding what is right and true for the protagonist, for the ultimate hero. And I really resonated with those things. So no matter what happened to him on the outside, it became what mattered to him on the inside. And against almost insurmountable odds, he was able to really go inwards and discover what was important to him. Now, maybe you'll look at Robocop slightly differently. But for me, that's why it makes it one of my favorite movies. And just to sort of clarify, you know, I think a favorite movie is a challenging question because it depends on the genre. Mm. But I think overall the themes in that movie in particular really resonated and do resonate with me. Mm, and they are very um, personal. Movies are very personal. But there we are, there's an opportunity to have a conversation around something that meant a lot to you. And I thought initially was a little bit silly, but having had the conversation around why it was important to you, it made sense. And there was a connection because it was around movies, it was about a hero's journey, it also was about why it resonated for you at the time, tells you something about the person. So that was really useful to have a conversation around. And I think what it illustrates is that on the surface, as we started out this particular conversation, it might not be so obvious. But if we take the time to connect with another and really endeavor to be in the same space and really listen, we can perhaps get something that we may not have got before, mm. which is always useful. And it really deepens the connection, which then opens up more and more possibilities for community. Mm. Yes, and there are so many opportunities for community because we are a really diverse group, especially in this country. We have so much diversity from race, religion, 
culture, background. Eleven official official languages. Yes. We can all learn so much from each other if we just take the time to ask the questions, listen carefully, reflect on what we've learned, because sometimes on the surface it sounds maybe a little bit odd. Odd. Silly. Hmm. But when you dig a little bit deeper, you can find the meaning and the what connects us even through the difference. Well, I do know that, just to close out the example of Robocop, that it certainly piqued your interest to watch it, having heard my perception of it. Yes, and so those are generative conversations. But what about when we have conversations that can lead to conflict, that can cause an opportunity for disagreement? How do you manage those? I think those kinds of conversations are good to have. I believe that it's important to have those kinds of conversations. I think that in any kind of relationship space, whether it's a work relationship or a personal relationship, that one should endeavor to speak their truth in a mindful and generative way, because the other person's reaction is, well, the other person's reaction or response. And what we espouse here at Fifth Place is that it's up to the other person it's up to all of us actually but in this context or example it's up to the other person to deal with their feelings around what i might say i think when it comes to conversations around polarizing issues uh, that it's vitally important that everyone be responsible for their responses it's very easy to let our emotions overwhelm us and then we kind of get positional and once a conversation has people in it that are positional it's no longer a conversation. It's now an intellectual battle. And in that intellectual battle, we look for winners. So we try to become a winner and make others a loser. And it's lost the essence of conversation. So it's just an example of how learning to become more emotionally fit will benefit us. Because, you know, we can all have different perspectives and different opinions and even discuss facts. Because as we've learned so many times... And so often in this work that we've been doing for the last few years that our emotions will trump our intellect again and again. So it doesn't matter what the facts are, people will often revert to how they feel and yes. what they feel. Yes, that's so true. It doesn't matter what the real facts are. So in essence, it doesn't matter to coin a phrase that seemed to gain a lot of publicity over the last while. It doesn't matter what the science says. Mm comes down to the way I feel. And so that's why it's vitally important to have a high level of emotional fitness. So you can be unaffected by what's going on either in the conversation or around you and just hold that center. Yes, and being able to hold that center is really useful. Uh, thinking back to a conversation I had pretty recently, which was around something that I disagreed with and could have been quite contentious. It really wasn't something that I, I didn't feel like I, I was hooked. So I didn't agree with it. I was arguing against it, but I wasn't hooked. So I didn't feel that, that rush, that, that need to be in, in a particular position and to battle through this conversation. In other words, to be right. It was like it was okay for the other person. I knew I was never going to change the other person's mind. Um, I did want to pre present some arguments that 
potentially might make that person go and look at alternatives. But it, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter to me that the person chose to retain their position. It really mattered to me to make sure that they knew that I didn't support it more than they come over to my side. And that, I think, is the, the challenge and also the nature of good conversations where we can have a challenging or potentially conflicting, conflictory conversation, but not actually get into conflict. So debate it, but not to the point where we want to scream at each other or demand that the other believe what we believe. And that can talk into the space, perhaps around, you know, having good boundaries for the conversation. If you know that the conversation may head off into deep territory or challenging territory between the participants. So really upfront, you know, have a discussion or a contract between the participants around, you know, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Because typically when we feel like our beliefs are being challenged, mm. that's when we can get positional. And it's when we feel like our beliefs are being challenged. And sometimes they're not, but we make assumptions. Mm. And so there's another opportunity to just check am I right? And, you know, ask those questions rather than make an assumption and take a position. Mm. But it is easier said than done. I think, you know, we're not schooled in good conversation nor behavior, behavior. or etiquette. Yes, or exactly. We're not schooled <clears throat> in that and certainly not in this country. We're not schooled in the, the um, talents of great debate. We would rather like pummel the person into <laughs> thinking things our way then have a good debate and be able to acknowledge that there are alternative views. Absolutely. Typically the yardstick is voting. You know, not everyone agrees with, you know, the mm -hmm. candidates. And how does that saying go? You can't agree with all the people all the time or something to that effect. And that's part of what makes us amazing as a species. Human beings are unique and we have unique upbringings and experiences and unique perspectives and that should be taken into consideration when we have conversations. It stands to reason then that we're going to have a diverse range of perspectives and views on any particular topic. Yeah, I mean, I think the challenge is to, is to check oneself before you answer a question or before you answer someone and to also check oneself when you're listening to another person. Like, am I listening to understand or am I listening to respond? And I think the challenge goes out to everybody to do those two things the next time you're in conversation. Just be, before you automatically answer a question, just to take a break, just to take a breath and consider what it is that you want to say. And then when somebody's talking to you to really listen deeply, not in order to respond, because that's how so many of us do listen. We wait for the opportunity to jump in and deny. Take that gap. Yes, there we go. You did it. So <laughs> take the opportunity to really listen carefully and allow for those awkward silences. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, we can just end off by making it a little lighter. You know, what kind of conversations make you feel light, make you feel mm. happy, give you a sense of sparkle. Conversations that warm me are conversations usually with people that I know and love and feel comfortable with. And we can, we can jive and we can 
tease and we can tell jokes and we can um, yeah, just make light of a particular situation as well. And I think we're very good at that in this country because we are assailed by so much, so many challenges and difficulties. And we often answer that through humor. And humor is a great, that's a great way of uh, lightening things, having a good laugh. Yes, we have even exported a proponent of the laugh, namely Trevor Noah. Mm. So yes, we, we know a thing or two mm. about yes. laughing. Yes, not laughing at the expense of, but laughing with. Mm. Yep. And if you would like to engage in further conversation with us, we have a community of practice that meets once a month and we dialogue, converse, debate, argue, perhaps even challenge beliefs and practice what it means to be emotionally fit, especially when the topics can cut close to home, whatever those may be. And so if you'd like to know more about that, then connect with us. There's lots of ways to do that in the description or the podcast or just visit our website and we'll share more info about what that looks like at the end of this episode. As usual though, before we end off, Chantal gets the opportunity to share with us, to share with you, a poem. And so Chantal, what have you chosen for us this week? So I went off to look for poems about conversations and I found this poem, which I really I liked um, the most, and it's called Late After Eight by Cousin Jamal. 9.15, a quarter mile away from truth. Conversations are boring, all about what we've done for today. Innocence of two kids before their moppet words find their youth. Texts get a little deeper, a minute past ten. All past experiences and mistakes are with heart and soul expressed. Their companionship sees the other more than a friend. I like you. A quickly deleted message, but has been read. Emoji eyes, I seen what you wanted, unseen, the eyes seemingly said. Awkward silence, awkward silence. Both sides typing and clearing their response. Nobody presses send while there's a slap on the head exclaiming, not like this, not the beginning of this relationship's end. I didn't mean to make things weird with my emotions. I'd like you as a lover, but I love how we are as friends in the open. A brave text sent out of one still hoping but I like you too, the next reply came around late. Phew, what a relief, at least for now. But what happens next, I guess, is the pending question of staying up this late. It was best to go to bed by eight. That's a lovely poem, made me chuckle and also made me wonder before the advent of messaging, text messaging, SMSs. What did we do to connect with those people that caught our eye? Mm, yes, telephones were the type thing before and letters before that. But there's nothing that beats a face-to-face -face conversation. Yep, 
with that, thank you very much for this new format, Chantel. Thank you for the lovely script, the beautiful poem. And from me, Matthew, until next time, may your conversations be warm and generative. And bye for now. And from me, Chantel, remember, be kind and be gentle. And until next time, bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast and please subscribe and follow us and do all the things that you may wish to do that go along with podcasts share them thumb them up like them perhaps share it with friends yes and you can also find out more about what we do by going to our website fifth.place that's all it is the number five th dot place and if you want to build your relational fitness or emotional fitness and we have a way that you can do that. We have an emotional fitness course and you can also find out more about that in the link below. And if you found this podcast to be our value, then we invite you to return that value and consider making a donation. Again, links are in the description.